You are on a special live Q&A on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thank you for tuning in to another powerful episode of season three. Want to say some shout outs. Thank you to my family and my friends for supporting the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who are discovering the show, Ready, Set, Real Estate, that airs every Wednesday now at one o'clock Pacific time. Yes, I've changed the time. Why? Because this is the only day off I actually really have. And I want to share that we are available on radio podcasts everywhere, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Overcast, Breaker, and so much more. So make sure you're tuning in there. Radio podcast is available on replay on YouTube. Make sure you find us and subscribe. My son Lathan would say, hit the bell notification so you know when new episodes are uploaded to the channel. Also, remember, this show is a proud supporter of Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, 501c3, that seeks to empower youth ages 11 to 17 with real estate literacy and careers as an alternate pathway to success. Super excited about that. We are streaming live from our new platform and it gets to get fed into our Facebook Live channel. And that soon will uh, be restructured. So make sure you join the club. When I say the club, yes, we've started the Ready, Set, Real Estate Club where you will have access to the webinars, you'll have access to the real estate book club we're starting and some freebies and market updates and live Q and A's like the one we are doing today. Oh, just a quick message from our sponsor. We'll be right back. So make sure you join at readysetrealestateclub.com. All right. You're going to learn today. <laughs> I I had I wanted to make it a point to do a live Q&A today on the recent news of Citibank. Uh, and I just wanted to go ahead and address that today, especially because something significant has happened and they have been dinged with having to pay their customers, about 24,000 in customers, uh, customer relations that they have, it, $24 million in reparations for what? Violating the Fair Housing Act. And so I wanted to get in today and just talk about that. So we, we talk about the significance of knowing your rights with, uh, with getting involved in, in the financial industry, the housing industry, and very important to know what those rights are, where do you go to when you feel like your rights have been violated. And so that uh, with you coming forward, we can then discuss that it may not just be you, that have been impacted, but you will find that hundreds and thousands others have been impacted as well. So today we're just going to do our live Q&A 
And again, when we do these segments, I'm inviting you to share your comments, questions, and concerns. You can now drop that in the Ready, Set, Real Estate Club because it is a community where members are interacting, not with just myself, but other members and other industry professionals where you can get your questions answered, get your uh, uh, concerns addressed. And we're just creating that culture and community because I've wanted to create more of a space and a place where I can really give value and interact with those that are really wanting to connect with me. Uh, it's hit or miss on social media. While I enjoy and love social media, it's just that. However, we are moving in a direction with Ready, Set, Real Estate to create a community and culture where not only are you learning real estate education, but you're feeling empowered and we're moving you from action. So from idea, concept, to knowing rights, philosophies, theories, terms, uh, concepts, to action. So how we can really start to implement these things in your life. So yay, I'm excited. I had to do the yay, because I was like, gosh, I feel so serious right now. <laughs> yeah, this is serious. You have another bank out there violating people's rights, jeez. Uh, I won't I won't get on Wells Fargo because they've they've got enough going on. Uh, however, I w it was unexpected for me to actually Citibank's name pop up. I actually uh, have an account with them. And so for those of you who have relationships with these banks, you know, your power, you are the people that they're reaching out to connect with uh, in terms of offering their service and products. That's their insurance products, their annuities, their uh, homeowners, uh, their mortgage products, their small business loans. They're after you. You are the client and customer. They're seeking your business. So when you see that a company violates your rights or those of members of your community, uh, this, this impacts you. So I think this is something that we need to address and have some really valid concerns about. So I wanted to, and I'm, I'm bringing this up right from the Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice as a resource of the Fair Housing Act. Actually, uh, it's the 1968 Fair Housing Act. And uh, last year there was a, a huge celebration with the uh, National Association of Real Estate Brokers, which is the uh, uh, real estate organization founded by African-American real estate industry professionals. And they were very instrumental in bringing the 1968 Fair Housing Act uh, to light, to a bill, and now you see it, uh, the need for it. And one of the things that was addressed during the, the celebration, if you will, and I, I, I was, I was, my opinion of it was in celebrating it for its existence, right? The having the act and having it set forth. I think my concern was a lot of what we saw that 50 years post the act, we are still subject to the race discrimination, the the family status discrimination, the disability discrimination, uh, all different. We still have these things happening. So I wanted to bring it, make it a point on the show to talk about it as a Q&A so we can bring it to light and address uh, some concerns and what should we do about it. So I'm going to read it verbatim. This is the Fair Housing Act, which prohibits discrimination by direct providers of housing, such as landlords and real estate companies, 
as well as other entities. And this is where it's important. The other entities are the municipal municipal municipalities there. Ooh, I had to say that slow. Banks or other lending institutions and homeowners insurance companies. And I want to stick a pin to the homeowners insurance companies because I just saw one of the congresswomen uh, out in Detroit. I, uh, she has now uh, is moving forward that a credit be removed from the underwriting guidelines for insurance policies, uh, insurance rates and quotes. Mm -hmm. So that we're going to revisit that because uh, she's saying that those, those credit ratings more likely, uh, of course, are going to impact those who have uh, limited access are on low income. And so they won't have as high as credit scores. And of course, their uh, insurance policies and rates and premiums will be rated higher. So we'll, we'll revisit that because this is all related to industry and again, things like Fair Housing Act. And so again, I'll continue. So insurance companies whose discriminatory practices make housing unavailable to persons because of race or color, religion, sex, national origin, fam familial status, or disability. So let's uh, let's marinate on that. Let's, let's marinate on those uh, classes. Those are protected classes: race or color, religion, sex, national origin, familial status, or disability. Very important that we we have something like this because we know, uh, and and really over the last uh, decade, I think so m much more uh, with social media and people having cameras on their phones, we see the true color, if you will, of the things that people are exhibiting in terms of discriminatory discriminatory practices. And uh, those who are part of those protected classes have said and expressed, this isn't new. We're, we're not new to this, uh, having to experience discrimination through the course of our life and generations. This isn't new. And it's just now in the public eye because we now are recording and videotaping it and streaming it live. And those things are now being brought to light. So with that being said, because we know these things are happening, it's important to uh, address how do we deal with it? The, U the US Department of Justice, and I've, I've provided contact information for the Assistant Attorney General, uh, current leadership is Eric uh, Drabend, I don't know if I'm saying that right, D-R-E-I-B-A-N-D, you know, I don't like to trot people's name up, Drabend, Eric Drabend, Assistant Attorney General, contact information at the Civil Rights Division is 202-514-4609, so you can actually visit the website for the United States Department of Justice, and they actually... Uh, have a section where you can report a violation. There is a section uh, called the Department of Justice Action Center. So along with that, there's an option to get a job and contact us directly. So I wanted to share that with you because uh, there is a space and a place for it when you feel your, your uh, rights have been violated. I'll actually share a story with you. Um, 
when I was in my early 20s, I had been subject to uh, age discrimination uh, when I was pursuing housing here in Los Angeles, and which resulted in me moving to Las Vegas because of this. I was pursuing, I, I uh, went to apply for an apartment. It was a four unit complex and it was a two bedroom, one bath. I definitely had the income that uh, they look for to substantiate being able to uh, pay the rent. And usually they wanna look at a formula of you earning two to three times the rent amount. And I know if you live in a high premium real estate area like California, uh, most people are spending on average about 50 to 56% of their gross income on housing, which is uh, one paycheck away from being homeless. And so we know the homeless uh, crisis is a very real thing across the nation. And so with that, I, I applied and definitely, so I had the income. I was uh, early in my twenties and I, my daughter at the time, I think she was like two, I mean, she was like maybe close to two, not yet, she was 18 months. And so in filling out my application, I submitted it. I previewed the walkthrough during the open house. I followed up with the property owner. And so it was not being managed by a property management company. It was being managed directly by the property owner slash landlord. So I followed up with her and she was an older lady and I asked her, you know, I was just checking on the status of my application. And so, you know, using my phone voice, being articulate and being respectful. And she said to me, oh, you know, I don't recall if I got it. And she said, well, you know, you know, give me, you know, give me your information. I'll go ahead and look it up. And so I gave her my info. And she was as she was thumbing through she in the, the information that she was looking up the applications. She was thinking out loud. And as she was thinking out loud, she said, you know, I, I don't see it. You know, the only application that I did get was one of this, you know, this young couple. She said, but, you know, I, I can't rent to anybody young. You know, they, they, they're not responsible. You know, they throw parties and this and that. And she continued on in this uh, personal rant and opinion of uh, someone of a younger demographic, which unbeknownst to her, she was talking directly about my application. And when I said to her and I acknowledged to her, I said, I am that young couple. She hung up on me. She hung up on me. And at that point in time, I was really frustrated. I was frustrated, one, of course, because I'm looking for housing, too. And, you know, to experience that. So me being me, you know, <laughs> Me being me, what do I do? I now look up, you know, I, I completely feel that I was wronged. At that time, I was not sure in what arena I was wronged. And so I then pursued, I pursued learning. I went to actually the, the, my local library. And you know who was helpful? The librarian. I shared with the librarian what happened and she said, yeah, um, she violated uh, your uh, the Equal Housing Opportunity and the Fair Housing Act. And I started to, and she referred me where in the catalog I could look it up. She sent me some resources and I found the local, local board and local association that oversees apartments and managers. 
And I contacted them and I opened up a case against her. And they actually then recreated the same scenario because she had not at that time. And, and I moved quickly in that this could be caught. So I opened up a case. They then recreated and sent someone to model my application. It was a young person because, again, we we're saying that she was discriminating based on age. And they did conclude and find she was discriminating based on age. And what she then was subject to was to take counseling classes. She was, uh, you know, I, there wasn't any monetary damage involved in that. Uh, from her perspective, from her point, she had to take counseling classes uh, over a period of time. I think there were some dues involved that she had to make sure she was registered and she was compliant, especially because if you are a property owner and you have two or more units and you are in an area that is subject to rent control, you now have to be compliant in order to continue to offer your market for rent in that area. And so within, you know, she was within the city of Los Angeles, definitely was four units. It was subject to rent control. So she was subject to being compliant. So I, I you know, it's funny because I wasn't expecting to share that story with you when I was creating the, this topic for today. But as I thought about it just now, I was like, oh, I totally have a firsthand experience of when that happens. And for me being someone young at that time and just really not knowing uh, where just not knowing. And so I felt like it would be a value today to share what you should know and provide those resources. So as we talk about Citibank, so the question is reparations, uh, paying a fine of $25 million for viola violating the Fair Housing Act. Uh, is that adequate? So with that comes and let me say this, I wanna just give you some, some of the information. So this was something they self-checked. In other words, they caught the error and they saw how this program they launched on a loan product they wanted to offer to their customers was actually not being offered to all their customers. Why? Because they lacked proper training. Uh, they didn't properly uh, uh, train their loan officers and saying that this is to be offered to all customers. Instead, it was being offered to quote unquote, their premier, premium accounts and their customers and not to all the customers of Citibank. The other thing uh, that they uh, decided to now move as a result is making sure that they implemented those proper underwriting guidelines, making sure they had a checks and balance system. And I think that's, that's very important. Uh, sometimes it's important to have those checks and balances come from third parties. Kudos to them that they found it within their own organization. They found it, identified, and then now they're saying, hey, hey we messed up and we really want to make it right for our customers. And this is why I wanted to, I wanted to use them as a, as a model, as a talking point, because I think this is what we should see and want to see from a, a large corporate company that has uh, the authority to do that, has the finances to do that, to implement these checks and balances, as opposed to what we've seen with Wells Fargo. And I, again, not to be labor or bash, but when you see something that happens time and time and time again, you start to go, okay, well, wait a minute. Are you really learning from this? Are you really creating 
an environment and a space for your customers to really feel like you have their interests uh, at first hand. Because as a fiduciary agent, as a licensed professional, we are acting in putting our client's interests first before ours. That's the fiduciary agency responsibility. And uh, you, these are things that I'm, I'm saying we should see set forth with the industry overall, not just agency professionals, but also those that are providing those loan products and those services that really contribute to this $1.3 trillion industry. And that's annually. That's not just Lisa's money. My money's a portion of that. That's annually in all the parties and big players. I shouldn't say big players, but all the players that make up uh, this real estate industry. So that, that's been important uh, to, to really identify what's happening, what your rights are, where do you go, and what do we do moving forward? And again, I think one of the things when we, when, when we see something like this where there's been a violation of your rights and, and, and your fair house and, and your act is that you then get the, the decision becomes on you where do I still continue this relationship? Do I continue to do business with this person? Because your money is what is the most powerful uh, tool that you have. You get to choose who you're spending your money with and you're doing business with. Are they serving your needs? Are they serving the needs of your community? Are they serving the needs of a greater good? I think one of the things that we are learning from this millennial generation that it has been more significant to do business with people that are connected. It's, and that's why the uh, influencer industry is exploding right now because brands, corporations, companies, and businesses are wanting to make sure they are being associated with the, the why of life, the greater mission of life. And that's what millennials have brought to the forefront is that it's not so much about uh, just spending your dollars with any and everybody. They are really looking at this economic uh, uh, cycle, group economics, recycling and giving back to greater goods and causes. And that's why you see those moments on social media of people you know, uh, doing the missions and, you know, on top of the mountains and the retreats. And it's not so much about the high times and the highlights of the life, but it's more so connecting with purpose in life. So I feel like that, I think that's what's exciting about, about that. And in, in, conjunction to that, I also want to address, because this is what I'm really excited about, and, and I'm just going to take this moment to, to introduce, and I'll, I'm actually going to give more time to this segment, especially as we get ready to roll out the conference. I am creator and founder of the Property Owners EDU Conference, which is specifically designed uh, to bring industry leaders to the community and the people they seek to serve. And that's property owners, all levels of ownership. And I'm excited about this is because we get to actually focus on a, gen a generation that is crucial to leading our economy, our country to the next wave. Yes, the millennials have gotten so much limelight, so much excitement, so much curiosity, but the generation that actually have been that have faded back and are so important are the Gen Xers, 
the ages 38 to 53 that actually are the anchor to their older gen their older parents their parents obviously <laughs> the baby boomers and their children the millennials they are supporting a household of the next gen and their predecessors their parents so their buying power their influence in financial decisions is paramount right now so we're going to be i'm really excited about really focusing and bringing them back up to the forefront because not only are they in influential they're important they actually make uh their earning power is a third more than that of the millennials and aside from what you see happening in the market they are still spending more of their disposable income than any other demographic or generation so that was a gem if you if you're in business or marketing and you're thinking about who you should be paying attention to uh yeah you can be excited about my generation and that's great because we're all about you know uh creation innovation and technology and merging those two i have been a true uh, a true advocate of merging generations which is why i've always said this is an intergenerational conversation which is merging those Gen Xers and baby boomers with the millennials and the centennials who are soon to come. So uh, the kids, kids, kids <laughs> who are paying attention to everything like this. The, the importance about bringing something like this to, to light when we talk about reparations and the damages that are, in, that are created when something like this that a bank you know, violates Fair Housing Act is because guess what? The current generation and the generation behind they're paying attention to stuff like that. And they go, it, it happened to them. If it could happen to them, it would happen to me. And two things may happen. It may actually influence their decision not to participate in housing at all because they don't want to be screwed. Nobody ever wants to be scammed or screwed. Or it may put them in a position to be more of an advocate. And so that's where I'm, I'm in that position of, I want to be more of an advocate to say, here's how we work through it and not shy away from it because it would it would completely add and fuel to the people to say, see, that's why I don't wanna participate. That's why I don't wanna apply for a loan. I know they're gonna discriminate anyway. That's why I don't wanna uh, buy a property or invest in property because I know they're gonna discriminate anyway. They're just gonna sell it to you know the XYZ folks and not to our folks and so forth and, and so on. Again, it's important to be aware of what your rights are, what you can do about it and again, it may not just be you. It just takes one person to speak up and you'll find that hundreds and thousands have been impacted as well. So I encourage you to share your stories. This is what the live and Q&A is about, to give your feedback, comments and questions and, and drop them in the community so we can bring them up as a talking point because no one right now is talking about this. You know, there's no platform right now, which is why we have Ready, Set, Real Estate because this is a platform for you for your voice so you know what's happening in your local community and on a national basis. They're about, uh, I don't know them off the top of my head. I will update it in the real estate club, Ready, Set, Real Estate Club, the states that are being impacted. There are about 14 states that are being impacted right now where they're going to pay out customers that have, uh, when they rolled out this program, I believe in 2012 to 2014, uh, there was about a two year period. So. Uh, those who have been uh, uh, customers of Citibank during that time, you will be getting a check from them and they're going to divvy that up uh, over the course of those states and those customers. And that's $25 million uh, that's being allocated and coming your way. 
So that's what I, that's what I have for today. I want to make sure I invite you to send us your questions and industry concerns. Join the Ready, Set, Real Estate Club. Website is readysetrealestateclub.com. It's free to join. And again, gain exclusive access to the webinars. Actually, when you jump in, there are webinars already that I've completed. There's a freebie in there, market updates, and so much more with connecting with industry professionals. Again, we are starting the book club. And I'm really excited about the Real Estate Book Club because uh, we get to uh, focus on just real estate education and literacy. So with that, I say have a wonderful, wonderful, powerful and productive week here as we continue moving forward with the show season three on Ready, Set, Real Estate. And make sure you subscribe, like, share. I have to remember that because then my show, my son gets mad at me when he says, he says, mommy, you didn't say, you didn't tell people to subscribe, like, and share. And I want to make sure I say that now. Subscribe, like, share, download at Ready, Set, Real Estate on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio podcasts everywhere. Join the club, join the club, join the club because this is our next level up and we're doing amazing things. So I'll see you on the other side.